The Many Faces of Mary Book Two, The Lady of All Nations, The Lady Who Once Was Mary. In the fall of 1932 and early winter of 1933, Our Lady appeared to children in two remote areas of Belgium, Borang and Bano. The two towns are approximately 50 miles away from each other. The message of Borang was, Do you love my son? Do you love me? Then sacrifice yourself for me. The message of Bano was, Believe in me, I will believe in you. The beginning of the operation in Bano, January 15, occurred 12 days after Our Lady left the children in Borang. 15 days after that, on January 30, Adolf Hitler was elected Chancellor of Germany. In retrospect, Our Lady's urgency to come to the people of Europe through her apparitions in Belgium was easily explained. Her messages were also very understandable. She was trying to give Europe and the world hope in a hopeless time. She was trying to give us a weapon against despair. Believe in me. I will believe in you. Sacrifice yourself for me. Belgium and most of Europe was quickly and easily swallowed up by the Nazi war machine. The next 12 years were a living hell. For most believers, the only thing they held onto were those words of the Mother of God. And after 12 horrible years, the unthinkable happened. The Hitler gang was defeated. The war was coming to an end. In the early days of March 1945, the prayer on the lips of all Europeans, as well as all Americans, was, Lord, let it end. Let this monster be stopped once and for all. Those who could get any radio transmittal at all heard the news that the Allied troops had crossed the Rhine River on March 22nd and were headed for Berlin. Praise God. Three days later, and then she came again. Only this time it was Amsterdam in the Netherlands, not Belgium. And this time she was not the lady with the golden heart, as in Borang, or the Virgin of the Poor, as at Bano. She was the lady of all nations. Yes, Lord, thank you, Lord. Just what the world needed and needs, a lady for all nations. March 25th was the Feast of the Annunciation. On this particular year, 1945, it fell on Palm Sunday. This is such an important season in our church. But in those times, during the final days of the war, thoughts were not focused on Palm Sunday or the Feast of the Annunciation or even Easter, for that matter. Ida appeared the men, the woman to whom Our Lady chose to come, called it a hunger winter. Priests would visit private homes rather than take a chance on Nazi retaliation for trying to perform religious ceremonies like masses, especially not in public places like churches. On that day, Father Freyer, who had been Ida's spiritual director for many years, chose to visit Ida and her family, as he had done many times in the past. The sisters and the priest sat in the drawing room speaking of many things. We would imagine the condition of the war was the major topic of discussion. It seemed that their prayers were being answered. The enemy was being trounced by the Allies. Whatever it was, the visionary stated that they were in deep conversation. At a given point, Ida was distracted by a bright light emanating from a room, 
right outside the drawing room. She felt herself moving towards the light. Now remember, she had been involved in this conversation with her sisters and the priest, and all of a sudden, she's just up and away, walking in the direction of the light, which only she can see. Where the wall of the room had been, a scene appeared before her. It was a sea of light and what she described as infinite depth. Ida described what happened next. And out of the depth, I suddenly saw a figure coming forward, a living figure, a female form. I saw her standing to my left above me, dressed in a long white garment and wearing a sash very feminine. She was standing with her arms lowered and the palms of her hands turned outwards towards me. As I looked, something strange came over me. I thought, it must be the Blessed Virgin. It can't be otherwise. Repeat after me. Our Lady made a statement to Ida Pierdeman on that first day which became the format for all the messages she gave to her and to us and to the world. Repeat after me. Ida repeated whatever Our Lady said to her for the next 14 years, and someone wrote down all the messages as Ida repeated them, so that as long as the person chosen to take down the dictation wrote it properly, the messages were exactly as Our Lady gave them to Ida. That may not seem like such a big thing, but over the years, in the experiences of most of the visionaries, those who questioned them about the contents of the messages received would always make them repeat and repeat, either hoping to trip them up or to be sure they knew what they were saying. In this series of apparitions, what you read is what the lady said. It was taken down at the same moment that the visionary was giving each message. Ida continued with her description of what had happened. I therefore began... She speaks very slowly to repeat after her word for word. She raises first three, then four, and finally five fingers while telling me the three is for March, the four is for April, and the five is for May 5th. This was a prophecy of the liberation of the Netherlands, which took place on May 5th, 1945. Then she lets me see the rosary and says, it is thanks to this, persevere. She waits a little and then says, the prayer must be spread. Then I see nothing but soldiers in front of me, many allies, and the Blessed Virgin points at them. Then she takes the crucifix of the rosary and points at the corpus. Then she points again at these soldiers. I should understand that it must become the life support of these soldiers, for that voice continues. Now they will soon go home, these. And she points to the troops. The rest of the message for that first day, as recalled by Ida Pierdeman, was, My sisters and Father Freye had gathered around me. When he heard me begin speaking, he said to one of my sisters, Just write down what she says. After I had repeated a couple of sentences, I heard him, Father Freye, say, Listen, just ask who it is, and then I ask, Are you Mary? The figure smiles at me and answers, They will call me the Lady Mother. The figure walks past me, and then I look at the palm of my hand. A cross is being laid down before me, 
and I have to take it up. I do so very slowly. It is heavy. All at once, everything is gone. This, dear family, is the beginning of what was to be an ongoing association between the Mother of God and her people through her apparitions to Ida, Peer the men. The apparitions and messages extended over a period of 14 years, beginning on the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25, in 1945, and ending with another Feast of Our Lady, May 31, 1959, Feast of the Visitation. The visionary had a close relationship with the lady. Our Lady's first contact with the visionary seemed as if he was the continuation of something else which started years before. Consider, the very first thing Our Lady did was give her a command, repeat after me. She didn't speak to Ida as she spoke to St. Bernadette Subiru at Lourdes. Will you do me the honor of returning here every day for a fortnight, two weeks? She didn't introduce herself as she had to Sister Lucia at the Cova de Iria in Fatima. I come from heaven. I have come here to ask you to come here for six months on the 13th day of each month at this same hour. Later, I shall tell you who I am and what I want, and I shall return here yet a seventh time. She said to Ida Pierdeman in Amsterdam on March 25, 1945, Repeat after me. She raises first three, then four, and finally five fingers while telling me the three is for March, the four is for April, and the five is for May 5th. It's as if a relationship has already been established between Our Lady and the Visionary, as if they've met before. Even though Ida questions the identity of the Lady, she suspects it's Mother Mary. Why? We have to go back a few years, well, more like 28 years, to October 1917, the same month and year Our Lady gave us the miracle of the Son of Fatima. Being from a solid Catholic family, Ida went to confession every Saturday at the Dominican church close to her home. She had the same confessor, Father Freire, for 50 years. One Saturday afternoon, as she was returning home from church after confession, she had an apparition of Our Lady. At the end of her street, she saw a brilliant light in what she described as a beautiful Jewish woman, whom she was convinced was Mother Mary. The woman was surrounded by light. She looked at Ida joyfully. Never had she seen a woman as breathtakingly beautiful as this. The woman made a friendly gesture to Ida, at which point we believe she disappeared. When Ida ran home and told her father, he insisted she not say a word to anyone. They would think she was crazy. She obeyed. But in the next two weeks, basically the same apparition took place at about the same time in the same place. When Father Freire heard of these alleged apparitions, he too told her not to tell anyone about them. He recommended strongly that she try to get them out of her mind. So when Our Lady came to her in 1945, although she hadn't seen her in those many years, and we are not told if Mother Mary looked the same in 1945 as she had in 1917, that prior relationship was there. Our Lady had powerful messages for the church and for the world in the 56 times she visited Ida over those 14 years. 
There are certain ones which we would like to focus on because they have so much to do with the future of the church and the world in Our Ladies. The ladies roll in much of it. The last apparition, May 31st, 1959, took place just short of six months after Blessed Pope John XXIII announced, almost as an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that there will be an ecumenical council, Vatican Council II. We believe Blessed Angelo Roncalli, Pope John XXIII, and Ida Pierdeman were connected by our Lord Jesus for his magnificent Mother Mary, the Lady of all nations. Ida's vision of February 11, 1951, was not only a prediction of Vatican II, but he had some key statements to make regarding what was to be accomplished there. The lady said to Ida, Changes in the church have already been made and others are in progress. I, however, want to bring the son's message. The doctrine is right, but the laws can and must be changed. I want to tell you this on this very day, for the world is undergoing great transformation. Nobody knows in which direction. That is why the Son wants me to bring this message. In that vision of February 11, 1951, Ida saw what was to be the Second Vatican Council. It was during that apparition that Our Lady gave her the prayer which has become the official prayer of the Lady of All Nations. We don't believe that anything is coincidental unless, as one of our special priests once termed it, it is a holy coincidence. In her vision, she was giving a glimpse of what was to come some 11 years later. The long line of bishops seated all along the sides of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with the Holy Father at the head near the altar. Then the lady gave Ida the prayer which she wanted to be prayed throughout the world. She said to Ida, Repeat this after me. Do say this prayer in front of the cross. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Father, send now your Spirit over the earth. Let the Holy Spirit live in the hearts of all nations, that they may be preserved from degeneration, disasters, and war. May the Lady of all nations, who once was Mary, be our advocate. Amen. We have to take a moment out here to talk briefly about the phrase, who once was Mary. This has been a cause of controversy from the very beginning. What did Mother Mary mean, who once was Mary? We would like to quote from an explanation given by the people at the shrine in Amsterdam. This refers to the fact that Mary is no longer just Mary, but rather the lady, the woman at the foot of the cross. These words refer to her eternal motherhood over all of us, for she is mother whom Jesus gave to us from the cross with the words, Woman, behold thy son. Mother Mary was very firm on this prayer. She emphasized the sending of the Holy Spirit now and allowing the Holy Spirit to live in the hearts of all nations. It was also during this visit of February 11, 1951, that Our Lady gave messages to various nations. She gave messages to Ida for Germany, for France, Belgium, the Balkans and Austria, for Italy, for England, for America, for Africa, and the Eastern and Asiatic people. Then she pointed to the globe and said to Ida, This time is our time. 
referring to Jesus and herself. You, child, are the instrument chosen so that you may pass on these things. Tell them, I wish to be the lady of all nations. This is a different Mary who comes to Ida Peer the man in Amsterdam. There is no time for niceties. She is all about business. She knows exactly what she wants and how she wants it done. She begins her visits with instructions. Often she appears and immediately says the words, Repeat after me. She made the prayer short intentionally so that it can be said often. There is a super urgency about Our Lady in this series of apparitions that we've not seen before. Our Lady reminds us a great deal of St. Catherine of Siena who dictated her dialogues. She had two and three secretaries writing down nonstop what she dictated. They would become exhausted while she continued talking. She once said to one of them who had fallen asleep while she was dictating, This is a fine state of affairs. Who am I talking to, myself? Wake up. There's no time for sleep. This is the kind of urgency we feel throughout all the visits of the lady to Ida Pierdeman. The image of the lady of all nations. Throughout the apparitions, Mother Mary was adamant that she wanted a painting made of the image she projected of herself in the apparitions to Ida Pierdeman. She made a point of letting her know exactly what she wanted to be portrayed in the painting and why. Basically, the image to be projected to the people was as follows. Mother Mary stood on the world with a heavy cross in back of her. Beneath her feet were sheep, black and white, which covered the entire bottom of the painting as far as the eye could see. She made mention many times that the face, the hands, and the feet were hers, but the body, her frame, was that of the Holy Spirit. She made a strong point of that. She even had Ida feel her body. Ida wrote, Then the lady let me look carefully at her and even feel with my hands the contours of her figure from head to toe. Then she says, Now imprint this clearly on your memory. I am standing on the glove and both my feet are firmly fixed upon it. You can also see clearly my hands, my face, my hair, and my veil. The rest is as though in a haze. Look closely at what protrudes from both sides of my shoulders and above my head. I say to the lady, that is a cross. I can see the cross beams and the upright protruding. Then says the lady, you have seen everything well, haven't you? I have shown you my head, my hands, and my feet like those of a human being. Mark well, like those of the Son of Man. All the rest is spirit. Have this picture of me painted and together with it spread the prayer I have taught you, and I want this to be done in many languages. Now the lady stands in front of me, and I have a clear view of her. Then she says, Now I will explain to you why I have come in this way. I am the lady standing in front of the cross. My head, hands, and feet are like those of a human being. The trunk, however, belongs to the Spirit because the Son came through the will of the Father. Now, however, the Spirit is to descend upon the world, and this is why I want people to pray for His coming. Then the lady pauses before she adds, 
I am standing upon the globe because this message concerns the whole world. Then the lady seems to draw a semicircle with her hand while she says, Look closely. Now I see a semicircle stretching from one cross beam to the other. The semicircle seems to consist of a peculiar light and in it I see appear letters printed in black. On the left side I see the words, The Lady, in the middle above the head of and to the right, all nations. On May 31st, 1951, the Lady of All Nations gave Ida Pierdeman her final instructions as to the image she wanted reproduced in a painting. This is the last direction I am giving you with regard to the picture. You thought, my child, that you were seeing clouds around the globe. But now look closely at what I am going to show you. And now I see the clouds changing into sheep from left to right all around the globe, from out of the depths and from all sides. I can see flocks of sheep emerging. Here and there I see a black one. Lambs are reposing at the foot of the globe. The sheep keep coming, some grazing, but most of them with heads upturned, as if looking straight at the lady with the cross. Others again look up at her while quietly lying on the ground. Then the lady speaks to me again. My child, imprint this image deeply on your mind and transmit it correctly. The flocks of sheep represent the peoples of the world who will not find rest until they achieve content and fix their eyes on the cross, the center of this world. Now look at my hands and relate what you see. Now I see in the palms of her hands what appear to be wounds already healed and from this rays of light stream out, three from each hand, and diffuse themselves upon the sheep. Smiling, the lady adds, These three rays are grace, redemption, and peace. Through the grace of my Lord and Master, and for the love of mankind, the Father sent His only begotten Son as Redeemer for the world. Now they both wish to send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, who alone can bring peace. Hence, grace, redemption, and peace. The Father and the Son wish, as at this very time, to send Mary, the Lady of all nations, as co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate. Now I have given you a clear and lucid explanation of the picture. There is nothing more to be said. Mother Mary had an enormous need to get across to Ida the necessity of having this image painted on a prayer card. She even considered the practicality of the shortness of the prayer. She said to her, Child, why is this prayer not being spread abroad? What are they waiting for? I have taught it to you, so that it might be circulated among the people. Let everyone say this short and simple prayer every day. This prayer is purposely kept short and simple, so that every person may manage to say it, even in this modern and speed-mad world. Mary Corridemptrix, Mediatrix, and Advocate On April 15, 1951, the lady said to Ida Pierdeman, Listen well and be sure to grasp what I'm going to explain to you. But first I repeat, the Son came into the world as the Redeemer of mankind. The work of redemption was the cross. He was sent by the Father, now, however, the Father and the Son want to send the Lady, 
throughout the whole world. In the past, too, she went before the Son and followed him. For this reason, I am now standing on the world, on the globe. The cross stands firmly fixed, implanted in it. Now the lady comes to stand in front of it as the son's mother, who with him has accomplished this work of redemption. This picture speaks clearly, and now it's the time to bring it into the world, for the world is once more in need of the cross. The lady, however, really stands here as the co-redemptress and advocate. About this much controversy will arise. The church, Rome, however, should not be afraid to take up the struggle. It can only make the church stronger and more powerful. About this much controversy will arise. That was definitely a prophecy. However, the controversy did not just begin when Our Lady asked for the title. That was like pouring oil into the fire. The controversy about Mary's role as co-redemptrix and mediatrix began in the early days of the church. There were great minds on both sides of the issue. Opinions wavered back and forth as to whether Mother Mary was actually part of the redemptive process or rather a recipient of our Lord's sacrifice on the cross. There were those who maintained that she could not have helped to accomplish that from which she benefited. In modern times, more and more of our powerful people in the church have leaned towards Mary as having an intimate role in the redemption process. Pope Leo XIII spoke of the mysteries of our redemption in which she not only shared, but also took part. In the 20th century, Pope Benedict XV opened the door for proponents of giving Our Lady the title of co-redemptrix. He stated, She renounced her mother's rights for the salvation of mankind, and as far as it depended on her, offered her son to placate divine justice, so we may well say that with Christ she redeemed mankind. Our Lady repeated and repeated this message to the visionary for eight years. It is mentioned by Our Lady more than 50 times. It became the most important message she could impart to the church through Ida. She incorporated a need to ask for the intercession of the Holy Spirit, who was an integral part of everything the Lady spoke of. In January 1959, Pope John XXIII declared his intention to convene Vatican II. From the very beginning of the preparation for the Council, a proposal came to include Mary's partnership with Jesus in the redemption process. They showed how she, through her fiat, not only became the mother of God, but associated with him in the work of redemption. The saving consent of the mother of God, and from it her partnership in accomplishing the work of redemption, persisted from the moment of her virginal conception of Jesus Christ to his death. It was especially conspicuous when she stood by the cross as God's plan had it. She suffered intensely with her only begotten, with him and through him, with great spirit, she offered him as the price of our redemption, and finally, by the same Christ Jesus dying on the cross, she was given as a mother to men. This passage met the approval of 54 bishops who wanted to have a conciliar pronouncement on Mary as co-redemptress, 36 of whom wished for a definition, 
and 11 looking for a dogma. However, the authors deliberately avoided using the word co-redemptress. There was a clash between two cardinals, and in the final draft of the schema, she was given the general description, handmaid of the Lord, with a full heart and unimpeded by sin, embracing the saving will of God, devoting herself entirely to the person and work of her son, in subordination to him and with him, serving by the grace of Almighty God, the mystery of redemption. In recapping, Our Lady showed Ida Pierdeman a vision of the Second Vatican Council. She prepared her for this most important time by attempting to have the title of co-redemptress, mediatrix, and advocate given her under the title of the Lady of All Nations. Ida spent eight years trying to get the priest of the church to promote this title in Rome, especially at the Second Vatican Council, but it didn't happen. It has been said that the main reason for not introducing the term co-redemptrix was that it would create a problem with Protestants, whom the council members were attempting to bring into the Catholic Church. Many agree it may not have been the most prudent approach. But the door is not by any stretch of the imagination closed. Our dear Pope John Paul II has given the title of co-redemptrix to Our Lady in six different publications during his papacy. Pope Pius XI and Pius XII have done the same. There are more and more movements growing to have the dogma of co-redemptrix, mediatrix of all graces, given to Our Lady. So while all the urging of the Lady of all nations did not accomplish the desired result at that time, she has surely stirred up a bee's nest. And if that is not enough, she actually gave Ida Pierdeman a vision of the future to show her how the scene of St. Peter's Basilica will be on that day when the final dogma of Mary is pronounced. She even gave her the date, which she called Coronation Day. It is May 31st. Author's Note In the book, The Messages of the Lady of All Nations, which we have used for the quotation in this chapter, the author or editor makes reference in parentheses at the beginning of the 50th apparition, 31 May 1954, as follows. The person addressed was unaware that the Feast of Mary, Mediatrix of All Graces, was kept on that date. But in looking up the feast for May 31st, we find that the feast celebrated on that day is the Visitation. Further research reveals that a Feast of Mary, Mediatrix of All Graces, was instituted in 1921, but taken off the Roman calendar of Masses by Pope Paul VI in the 1960s, which was after these messages were given. So while the Feast of Mary, Mediatrix of All Graces, may have been on May 31st in 1954, it is not now. But according to the Lady of All Nations prophecy, it will be again. Our Lady began speaking to Ida Pierdeman. Once more I am here, the co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate is now standing before you. I have chosen this day, on this day the Lady will be crowned. On this date, the Lady of All Nations will receive her official title of Lady of All Nations. Note well, these three concepts, co-redemptrix, 
mediatrix and advocate in one. All of a sudden, it is as if I was standing with the lady over the dome of a big church, and as we enter, I hear her say, I am taking you inside this. Tell others what I let you see and hear. We are now in a very big church in St. Peter's. I see lots of cardinals and bishops. The Pope enters. He is being carried in a kind of chair. People applaud. The choir begins to sing. Now the Holy Father is announcing something while holding up two fingers. Then, all at once, the lady is standing on the globe again and says with a smile, In this way, my child, I have let you see what is the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. This day will, in due time, be the coronation day of his mother, the Lady of all nations, who once was Mary. There is much hope that the dogma will be proclaimed during the pontificate of Pope John Paul II. My signs are contained in my words. It's our human nature. We are all doubting Thomases. We need signs, and our heavenly family has always been willing to accommodate. But this time, the lady who once was Mary decided to give us a sign, or many signs, if you consider all the prophecies which have come about in her words. The context of how she said it shows she may have been just a little frustrated with us. Now I will give a reply to those who have asked for a sign. To all of them I say, My signs are contained in my words. O you of little faith, you are like children who insist upon fireworks, whereas they have no eyes for the true light and the true fire. These words were given us through Ida Pierdeman on May 31, 1957, the very last apparition she made in public. They were in a church. There were other people there. At her next apparition, which took place on February 18, 1958, she gave such a sign in a prophecy which was to come true within that year. I shall make a communication to you which you must keep secret from everybody, including the sacristan and your director. When it has happened, you may inform them that the lady now told you this. The communication is, the Holy Father, Pope Pius XII, will at the beginning of October of this year be taken up to dwell with us. The Lady of All Nations, the Co-Redemptrix, Mediatrix and Advocate will lead him to everlasting bliss. Pope Pius XII died on October 9, 1958. A Most Shocking Prophecy There were many prophecies which could be termed doomsday prophecies, which the Lady of All Nations gave to Ida Pierdeman. However, one which really gave us a start and made us look very closely at all the messages with regards to end times or doomsday prophecies came as we read the following message given by the Lady of All Nations to Ida way back on December 26, 1947. Now I see something like a cigar or a torpedo flying past me so rapidly that I can scarcely discern it. Its color seems to be that of aluminum. All of a sudden, I see it burst open. I feel with my hand and have a number of indefinable sensations. The first is a total loss of sensibility. I live and yet I do not live. 
Then I see faces before me, swollen faces, covered with dreadful ulcers, as it were a kind of leprosy. Then I am aware of terrible diseases, cholera, and so on. Then tiny little black things are floating around me. I cannot distinguish them with my eyes, and it is as if I were made to look at them through something, a microscope, and now I see what the seer now knows to be, slides of extraordinary brilliancy, and upon them those little things enlarged. I do not know how I am to interpret this. Basili, I ask. Then the lady says, it is hellish. I feel my face swelling, and it is swelling when I touch it, all bloated and quite stiff. I can no longer move. Then I hear the lady again saying, just think, this is what they are preparing. And then very softly, Russia, but the others as well. Finally, the lady says, nations be warned. And now the lady disappears. Family, I know what this prophecy says to me, but I'm not going to interpret it for you. You must do that for yourself. However, what I want you to consider is the description of the missile she saw going past her and the things she saw and how they looked and how she felt. Then consider the words of the lady of all nations before she appeared. And keep in mind, this message was written decades before we consider that anyone would think of using the type of warfare prevalent now. And that's just one of the many prophecies the lady made. Mary, the Eucharist, and the Cross The Cross Throughout the operations, the cross played a major part. The Lady of All Nations stood in front of the cross. It's as if she was blocking us from the wrath of her son. When she moved away from the cross, Ida experienced excruciating pain. She could not stand it. It was so painful. Many times, Our Lady did not step back in front of the cross until Ida was close to passing out from the pain. On October 7, 1945, we continue quite a long way into the garden until we come in front of a large cross. Take it up, the lady says. He has gone before you. I refuse and feel as though the people of the whole world did the same and turned their backs on the cross. I am pulled by the hand and once more I see the lady before me. Her hand is in mine. Come, she says again. I now see a radiant figure in a long garment walking in front of us. He drags a very large cross which slithers on the ground. I cannot see his face. It is one blaze of light. He goes on his way with the cross, but no one follows him. Alone, the lady says to me. There he walks, alone in this world. It will even get worse until the moment when something dreadful will happen and all at once the cross of Christ will stand in the center of the world. Now they must look whether they like it or not. Then I see all sorts of strange figures. I see swastikas round about the cross. I see them falling. Then stars. They also fall. Sickles and hammers. Everything falls beneath that cross. All at once, I see the lady again in front of me with the rosary, and she says, Keep on praying, all of you. She points to the cross and says, The whole world will have to go back to it, great and small, poor and rich, 
but it will be difficult. The Lady of All Nations mentions the cross more than 25 times in her apparitions to Ida Pierdemen. Often she makes Ida carry the cross. Other times she shows Ida an image of Jesus carrying the cross. It's important that we embrace the cross. Salvation comes through the cross. Without the cross, there is no salvation. The Eucharist. In her last apparition in a public place, May 31, 1957, she pleaded with the people to embrace the Eucharist. The Lord has redeemed all of you. Those of you who have gone astray, come back. The Lady is waiting for you. At this, the Lady gestured invitingly as though she wanted to gather all mankind in her arms. She said further, She will help you. She will lead you back. Then a long pause follows. Then the lady, as if gazing at something with a heavenly expression on her face, said solemnly, Before the Lord Jesus Christ died his bodily death, before the Lord Jesus Christ ascended to the Father, before the Lord Jesus Christ appeared in the world, he gave you the great mystery, the great miracle of every day, every hour, every minute. He gave you himself. No, nations. She shook her head vehemently as she said this. Not merely a remembrance. No, nations. Listen to what he said. Not just an idea, but himself. Under the appearance of a little piece of bread. Under the appearance of wine. This is how the Lord wants to come among you. Day after day. Do accept it. Do act on it. He gives you the foretaste, the foretaste of eternal life. This, nations, is what the Lady, the Co-Redemptrix, Mediatrix, and Advocate wanted to tell you today at the last appearance in a public place. Then I see the Lady slowly disappearing. On the day of the last apparition of the Lady of All Nations to Ida Pierdeman, the Eucharist again played a very important part. Suddenly, the lady had gone. In her place, I saw a big host. It was exceedingly large, and so I could see quite well that it was a normal host, one like those we see in church, a wafer. Then in front of the host, there appeared a chalice. I saw that the chalice was of a splendid gold. It toppled over, facing me. Then I saw flowing from this chalice thick streams of blood. This went on for quite a while. Then the scene suddenly changed and all of it became a brilliant, dazzling sacred host. It shone so brightly that I shaded my eyes so as not to get blinded, but I was forced to keep looking at it. The host seemed to be made of white fire. In the center of it was a little opening or hollow. I cannot describe it any better. Then, all of a sudden, the host seemed to burst open, and exposed to my view was a figure, soaring in mid-air, a person exceedingly mighty and strong. Forgive me, please, I cannot convey the strength and majesty this person embodied. It was too overwhelming. I hardly dared look. I saw one person, but the thought kept recurring in my mind. And yet, there are two. And then, when I looked... I saw only one. Still my mind kept repeating, 
and yet there are two. All at once there came from the two an indescribable light, and in it I saw, breaking out from the center, I cannot describe it otherwise, a dove. It shot like an arrow down to the earth, unspeakably bright, and I covered my eyes again so as not to get blind. My eyes hurt me, and yet again I was forced to keep them open and look at the vision. What splendor, what magnificence, the storing figure, majestic, powerful, grand, and the world now bathed in light from the radiant dove. And a voice rang out, He who eats and drinks me receives life eternal and the spirit of truth. The lady of all nations brought Ida Pierdeman to the greatest heights this day, May 31, 1959, and after 14 years, the apparitions were over. After all the glory had been laid out before Ida, the Eucharist, the Trinity, the lady returned and said to her, softly in the distance, Goodbye. This made me very sad. I began to weep, for I saw everything slowly fading from my sight. It was over. However, her Eucharistic experiences were far from over. Actually, they continued from 1958 to 1970. She was given many messages from our Lord Jesus, feeling the presence of the living God on her tongue after having received communion. Before we close this chapter on the Lady of All Nations, we want to share a little about the visionary Ida Pierdeman. She did not fit the pattern that we have known of visionaries of Marian apparitions of the past. She was not young, like the children of Fatima or Pontman, La Salette or Borang, or Saint Bernadette of Lourdes at the time of the apparitions. She was not a religious, as was Saint Catherine Labaret or Sister Agnes of Akita. Ida Pierdeman was a lay person. Although she was always a spiritual girl, we have no indication that she ever wanted to be a religious. She worked in a factory. She was different from the rest, but who says she had to fit into any pattern other than what the lady had wanted? She was chosen, not because she fit a pattern. She was chosen because she was beloved of Our Lady. She might have been chosen because our Lord Jesus and our Mother Mary knew she would get the job done. She was chosen because she was chosen. Much of the life of Ida Pierdeman reminds us of Padre Pio. She experienced apparitions and locutions throughout her life. She was also victimized by demonic attacks from the time she was a young girl, actually until the end of her life. She was to experience a deep well of loneliness because all her spiritual directors died before her as well as her entire family. One by one, they all went to the Father, all of her support system. Like St. Bernadette, she had only one true supporter, one she could count on for everything all her life, and that was the lady who once was Mary. And like St. Clara of Assisi, who will not die until her rule was officially approved by the Pope, which he did the day before she died, Ida waited until the apparitions were officially approved by the church before she would relinquish her soul to her Lord and Savior and his mother, the Lady of all nations. 
The operations were approved on May 31st, 1996. Ida Pierdeman died on June 17, 1996. For each of us, the lady said something different. For us, the words which touch our hearts the most are, This time is our time. You, child, are the instrument chosen so that you may pass on these things. We are the child she speaks of. We must pass on the messages of the lady who once was Mary. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here is how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply with your iPhone or Android device, go to the App Store, search for Bob and Penny Lord app, and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, the, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel, where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN, plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.